0: 4th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Welcome to December, everybody, and welcome to my birthday month. Uh, I've been waiting a while to say that it's my birthday this month, so wish me a happy birthday, please. Or Apostola, you can wish me a happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday is your first uh, weekly rundown birthday month month. Birthday month.
0: <laughs> Anyways, we are here on the Cream City Pacers to bring you inspiring stories that talk to the Pacers who are making an impact, whether that's professional athletes, political figures, CEOs, or in today's case, an author. I like how that ended. Author. Paul Maurer. You guys, we have a great show for you today. Um, as we said last week on the show, we are bringing on Paul Maurer, who is a local Milwaukee runner and author who wrote the book, The Unforgiving Line. If you guys haven't read his book yet, you can head over to Amazon and just search The Unforgiving Line. Uh, The book should come up right away, and it's a pair of red shoes on the cover. You really can't miss it. And I'm really excited to talk to Paul. I know, Apostoli, you're excited to talk to Paul. This book is absolutely inspiring. It is so good. It's so cool in so many in so many facets. It's it's awesome because it takes place in Wisconsin, which we're all Wisconsin runners, so we can relate to that. Uh, but just the stories, too, it's incredible.
1: It's not just about running. You read it because Paul sent you a copy and said, let's give this a shot. And then I read it because Paul was going to come on the show. And so I said, well, I have to read the book a few pages in i said whoa, whoa this is much different than what i expected this is not just about running it's about relationships it's about it's about growing up it's it's a coming of age story it's just
0: how he said it to me when i was talking to him on the phone preparing for the show he said to me this book outside of running you know is finding salvation and peace in your life and i was like that is, that's wow. that's this just really well said and i agree with it i i didn't even think about that i was just like so hyped up on the running train um But the book's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the book itself, uh, some of the characters I'm hoping we get into. There may be some spoilers. We're not going to spoil the book for you. That's not our goal here. But uh, I would recommend you read the book first. It's it's incredible. But I really want to talk to him about, like, writing a book. Like, there's so many things that I would – I just feel like it's so daunting to write a book. I'm not a good writer um that's why we have a podcast uh this is just so many questions um writing it and how we tied in running and it's written so well so it's like were you running and then sitting down and writing this based on your run it's just incredible are these your life stories what is it i want to know speaking of running apostoli did you know that omg the milwaukee running group where you and Mm -hmm. me met and how we became friends and runners? Yeah. Is bringing back their winter running points this winter. Ooh. Ooh. But the question is, is like, we're all with COVID, no one's really running with each other. What are you going to do? Well, good question. Patrick Beezer, friend of the pod and the most recurring guest we have, has turned mm-hmm. this virtual. And how it works is there are teams, and then there's a team captain who takes you, you just say, Hey, I ran today. They mark you down and then it's a team competition. So Cream City Pacers has a team. It is live today. If you would like to join our team for winter running points, head over to Milwaukee Running Group on Facebook. If you are not a member of that, just click join. Um, Patrick or one of the admin will let you in, and then find the winter running points. I think it's pinned at the top of the post and uh, make a comment and say, I wanna be on team Cream City Pacers. And we're gonna win. We have a good group. It's exciting. Uh, it, oh. like I think right now we're still in the building process of getting teams finalized, but we have uh, yep. we have a lot of good people in the group. I'm excited. I know we had a we group chat going, and let's give people, a shout out. Yeah, give a shout out. Who's on our team so far? We got Jesse, Heidi, uh, we got
1: John, Patrick, of course. Um, oh, Patrick is not on our team. No, he? he just started the chat. Patrick he just is not started on our team. the chat. And Megan,
0: Megan, Clara. Sweet. All right. Team Cream City Pacers, we're going to rock it this winter. If you want to be on our team or if you just want to be in this winter running points in general, come to the group, Facebook page, join it. You can join another team. We won't be heartbroken if you want to be on someone else's team. And uh, it's fun. At the end, if you run enough, if you get enough points, you get a sweet T-shirt or a long sleeve shirt that said, I ran all all winter with your name on the back. Mm -hmm. I have so many of those.
1: (laughs) And... uh, You know what else you get?
0: Uh, You get in shape. I don't know. You tell me. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, boom. Boom. You're getting shipped. (laughs) Boom. Because you know what? During winter, it can be easy to just hibernate like a bear. But it's the time that you do not want to do that. With all the holiday feasting you're doing, you know, it's time to get out and burn some calories and stay in shape. And let me tell you what, running in the winter is great because no one else is out there. So you never, A, have to share the trail. The Oakleaf Trail in the winter, it is dead. It is always dead, and it's great because you get it all to yourself.
1: And it's also plowed.
0: It's also plowed, yeah. And then another great thing is, this is my favorite thing about running in the winter, is after a snowfall, it is so quiet. And we've talked about this on many shows. I know Manuel and I talked about this. Yes. It is so peaceful to run after a fresh snowfall, and all you hear is crunch, crunch, crunch.
1: How's running going for you? Um, Let me tell you what. You on a streak.
0: I was on a streak last week. I broke that streak because I was feeling pretty tight and just took a couple days off. But let me tell you what, I hit the trails this weekend for the first time in like a long time. It felt great. It was just so peaceful to be back out on the trail. And it was on Sunday, which was, it was beautiful over Thanksgiving weekend. Just with some, just with the river, it was on the river trail. It was just beautiful. And it was great. And I'm like, why don't I do this more? This is wonderful. Like running on the road just gets like, just so repetitive. All right. Hey, let's, uh, let's jump into this interview with Paul. I'm super excited for it. Like I've said a bunch of times. So if you don't have anything else, I say, let's get into it. Today, we are joined by author and avid runner, Paul Maurer. Paul was born and raised right here in Milwaukee. He has seen our city grow since he was a kid and has been running it for a long time. As Paul puts it in his bio, he's a husband, brother, uncle, chiropractor, chicken farmer, horseman, cyclist, writer, and most importantly, lifelong runner. Today, we're going to dive deep into his latest book, The Unforgiving Line, which is about two track runners that are generations apart uh, and have vastly different lives, but share the same drive and love of running. If you haven't read the book, we recommend that you just stop listening and go read the book first. We're not going to give away any spoilers, but we also don't want to ruin it. Um... We're super excited to have Paul on the show. Paul, welcome to the Cream City Pacers podcast.
2: Ah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. This is uh, this is an exciting time.
0: Yeah. So, how like how have you been lately?
2: Uh, I'm doing well, uh, getting through you know, all this COVID and everything else, like all of us. But uh, but doing well. I have no complaints. So,
0: well, the one important part of the bio I just read is that you're a chicken farmer, and I know <laughs> we've talked before the show that it's you're, you have a hobby farm. So that's um. That's probably been keeping you busy, at least the little chicks.
2: Yeah, well, it's it uh, might be extending it a little bit. We have about a dozen, eleven uh, chickens and a and a rooster, and my wife has a couple of horses. So we moved out here a couple of years ago from Oak Creek out towards Wind Lake, which is the actually town of Norway. So about twenty minutes out of Milwaukee. So a couple acres. We we just we really like it out here. It's just been a great move for us.
0: Sounds so. sounds peaceful. So. Yep, yep. You have been running a long time in Milwaukee. And from my understanding, you and Richard Dodd, uh, previous guest of the podcast and friend of the show, uh, kind of had some competition when you guys were growing up and had some <laughs> race and you raced against each other.
2: Well, yeah, we uh, we're both in the old Parkland Conference, which I think has changed names. But I was at Greendale and he was at uh, Whitnell and we're the same age, if you will, uh, you know, graduated the same same year. So Greendell had a pretty good team, but Richard had him and his brother that were pretty competitive guys. So we ran, our, you know, against each other since high school and off and on ever since then. So uh, and I still see Richard to date, So it's he's uh, you know he's a good guy from a long, long 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 way back.
0: And then you guys actually came back in contact like way probably what fifteen years after high school, and you wrote uh, a, a story for him about um, was that in a magazine or what? What was that?
2: Yes, it was uh, a Marathon and Beyond, which was a Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a magazine that I think has gone out of existence on the last episode that me and Richard's article was in. And we reconnected because he had gone through uh, some difficult times, but had recovered from some uh, personal struggles. And I kind of reconnected and I wrote a story about his sort of return. And it is called, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Running from the Dark. And it is available. I think you can still find it online if you Google that. Uh, Marathon and Beyond and Running from the Dark, Richard Dodd. I bet you'd find it. So it was kind of neat to be published in a in a magazine like that.
0: Yeah, it was a great article. So I actually didn't know you wrote that article, and Richard shared it with us, and we read it. And now yeah. it's like talk about coming full circle. So that's super cool. All right, my last Richard Dodd story here. When he <laughs> found out you were coming on the podcast, he sends me a message with this photo. Of the lakefront marathon. Oh, okay, of he you did, huh? out kicking him by what looks like <laughs> three or four feet. Uh, and it looks like you are giving it to do that and he's kinda in the back smiling. So that's uh
2: that's funny. And that's a pretty. Yeah.
0: It's a pretty great photo. That I'm with uh, you. Don't, we'll have to share. I, it. I don't
2: remember all my races, but that I remember the pain of that finish because I did want to beat them. I haven't beaten them a ton of times, but uh, that one, I that day, I kind of wanted to to be there. So it's funny he sent you that. It's a cool picture. Yeah. yeah also, you have some so, pretty
0: sweet shorts on. They're very colorful.
2: Uh, yeah, I like that. My wife. I asked my wife, and she said she gave them to me, and I couldn't remember that. So she, did, you know, but she bought them for me at some point. So nice. So kind so yeah, shout out yeah. to your
0: wife for knowing fashion. <laughs>
2: pretty stylish
0: you know those are the the one thing with running is there's like the short shorts have always stayed in like you know the one inch seam racing shorts like they've always been popular right in, in basketball it was like the short shorts and then the really long shorts came in in the 2000s and now people are going back to the short shorts but that's why i love running can always rock oh, the short shorts although
2: i've my boys told me i can't wear those anymore you know they, they about 10 years ago they said dad you can't do that anymore The short ones because they were getting you know when people noticed they, they, what their dad was doing so <laughs> it was got to be put away in the closet so
0: <laughs> oh, that's tough that's tough but that's that's what you get for being you know kids you can do whatever you want you're the parent that's my thought on that all right so let's let's talk about this book um there's like so much to talk about an Apostole we each came when we came to our brainstorming session with about pages of questions and You write so well that when we talked about like specific paragraphs in the book, we had totally different thoughts on what the take of that was, which is really good writing on your end, at least in my mind. And um, the main thing is this book reads, you know, there are many nonfiction books out there for running, right? You know, like this is how I ran and here's my story. And this reads a lot. It, it, it like a fiction book, I would call it. Yet, you use real runner names, real events. It feels very nonfiction. Um, so can you put it in your own words what this book is about?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, I wrote about two runners of two different generations, one whose name is Mac, the older gentleman, Thomas MacArthur, and a younger runner named DJ. And they come from totally different backgrounds and age groups and social... Worlds, if you will, and um, DJ, the younger runner, is forced to transplant uh, himself from Chicago to more of a up-north Wisconsin community where him and and Mac connect, and they work through their own personal struggles uh, on many levels, whether it's family, life, regrets, um, and feeling abandoned and failure, and formed a synergy between the two of them, and uh, really help each other find their way. And I using running as a, a theme throughout the story, um, one of the themes, I don't believe it's only running, it's about relationship and, and growing and and, uh, and maybe finding some uh, salvation and peace in your life.
1: Paul, I don't even know, I was telling Alex, I don't even know where to start with this book, <laughs> uh, to start from the fact that it's so well written, it's so engaging, um, the ending, which I won't give away uh, anything about the ending, my... It felt like I went for a workout myself at the end of the book. It was just my heart was pounding. It was so engaging. Um, absolutely beautiful writing. It deserves to be made into a movie yeah. if you ever want that. that That's, that'd be sweet. Uh, the,
2: the, if you produce, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like a
1: it, it would be like a mix between uh, it's a karate kid for running with a little sprinkle of star wars in it and a bunch of other things i it, it's just <laughs> <laughs> people should read it and they'll know exactly what i'm talking about but i what what really got me into this book is the fact that it sounds so real i kept looking up these names and saying wait let, thomas mckinley is he for sure not a real person because i <laughs> that's you know, cool. <laughs> you're mentioning all these real names in there yes and you, you build these characters that are so you think they're absolutely real people. So my question to you, my long question, sure. is how do you get in people's minds like that? What is, where does that coming from? Because you're, you're talking about an old runner and you're talking about a kid. How do you relate to both?
2: Yeah. Um, my style of running is usually the main character. I, I don't know how to say this exactly, but I have to sort of get inside their skin and look out. And 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 see what they see, and feel what they feel, and hear, and try to experience what they've experienced, if you will. And because I am older, you know, I'm I'm not new, not Mac, but I'm I'm 60 plus. Um, I can relate to an older character, some of the regrets and looking back in time. But I'm able to re- remember how I was when I was a kid, you, a young runner, where you were a little mixed up, and and you got into running, and maybe it helped you figure out your life a small amount. So it's the same thing. I had to get inside of that character. And that's that's how I best describe it. I try to get in and look out and see what they see and feel what they feel. And so a little bit of me in both probably, however, it is fiction. So you're, you're stretching things. But certainly a lot comes from your experience and feelings and things that maybe have even happened to you or you've watched happen or imagined happening. So that's how I, I guess how I write from the main characters, the, the, the ones that I'm really trying to get into their hearts.
0: And then how do you tie in, because Mac's wife plays a pretty big role in this. Yeah. And, and DJ's parents, like, you know, you, you find out early on in the book, you know, they're, they're not really there. And, but it plays such a huge role in him and who he is. You know, that's, you know, who, who kind of he is when his thoughts and how he approaches things. And it, it's really interesting, even <clears throat> what you do with the sub-characters. So, like, when you're writing, you know, I assume you had, like, okay, I want to write the two characters of DJ and Mac, how do you start bringing in like, okay, I'm going to have this be in Northern Wisconsin and I'm going to have this be around the track season and I'm going to bring in, you know, Max wife, Mona. Does it all start coming together for you or like, where does kind of the process of building this whole storyline come from? Um,
2: I know there are many different ways and I'm not exactly a trained writer. I mean, I have a business degree and a chiropractic degree. I've taken small courses on writing and read books and things like that. So essentially I'm self-trained. Um, but I, I, the best book I read on writing, read on writing was called On Writing by Stephen King. Basically, I don't, I didn't, I've never really planned out a book from A to Z exactly what the characters are and how, what their motivations are. I, I start with a concept and let the characters develop. And sometimes it'll surprise me that they go in different directions. I roughly anticipated it might go. So I kind of let my, I don't even know if it's subconscious, but let it just sort of flow and develop on its own pace and sometimes I'm surprised our character is better or worse than I thought as far as his quirks or whatever. But I just sort of let it roll. I don't know that if that – again, that's just my style. You is know?
0: letting it roll mean like you just start writing and things come to you? Or are you doing a lot of brainstorming in your head and then putting it on paper?
2: I, I usually have to let it sort of simmer in the back of my head. I have rough ideas of what I want to do in a general sense. And this was about two runners and I roughly knew the ending, but in between that's 80,000 words that I didn't really know what was going to be on paper. (laughs) So uh, uh, I had to get them in the right order at some point. So uh, um, so, so I I don't exactly have it planned. I do, when characters sometimes develop, uh, I probably X'd out a few in rewrites where I just didn't think that it was important to the story. So when you're editing, you can play around with that a little bit. Um, Mona, I, I've had some people really like that character that, that, that she was so supportive and just, you know, special to, to the story. And so, um, I guess I'm rambling. I'm not sure how to, what's the, where's the
0: question again? No, <laughs> I I, that question. was, that was it. Where did like the thoughts <laughs> from? I mean, here, this, this, this is where yeah. I was w- want to ask this follow up question is, mm-hmm. Like I use running to, uh, people use running for different things, but you know, a lot of what you'll hear is people, it clears their mind, right? Mm-hmm. Which I assume you probably enjoy that. But also it's a time for me where brainstorming, I think through things, I'm able to develop new ideas, put together stuff that I've been having in the back of my mind come to come to fruition. And we had uh, Jeremy Foyet on the podcast. He's the Uh, founder of uh, new walkie here in milwaukee and he uses his running like every mile to solve a question or a problem that he has and so uh, along these lines like are you developing a lot of this stuff on your runs is this do you use your running time to kind of brainstorm and let this
2: yes because there are many times sometimes in a plotter story you might get a little stuck and, and I don't stew on that anymore. Cause I figure I'm going to figure my way through this. Something's going to come to me and sometimes it will be running. It may be a simple thought. It may be a, uh, a phrase or something like that, or a character development or a simple plot twist. I'm not really thinking about uh, the book when I'm running, but I, I think in the back of your head, you kind of are. And it pops in more than once I've gotten in the house and I'm scribbling down some line or some quote in a song that I had my ear AirPods on. And it was, oh man, that's beautiful. And it, and I incorporate it so I don't forget it, because I'll say it 10 times in my head before I get home, so I don't forget this little thought, you know, kind of a thing. But again, it's not that I'm consciously thinking. It just seems like it percolates somehow in the back, and I don't know how to, you know how that works.
0: Well, when you think about something so much, like I'll be honest and be a little selfish here about this podcast, like it's always on our mind, yeah. at least my mind yeah. obviously is always like, who's your next guest? What are we going to talk about? All this stuff. So yeah. I feel like when you're writing a book, like it's at the, you know, you have a day job, but it's it's in the back of your mind and that's where you're using yeah. your free time to think about it. And it's funny you said about being out running and coming back and jotting it down. Um, There was a Luke Bryan podcast on the Trek Bikes Uh, Trek Bicycle has a podcast, Better With Bikes. And he says when he's out on his run, his voice, like he's a cyclist Mm -hmm. when he's out biking. He has so many voice memos of him just like (laughs) singing into his phone so later on he can remember it or remember the beat. And it's funny that you said, you know, you're coming home and writing it down. So speaking of that the running scenes in the book were probably one of my favorite they were so beautiful like it just like you're reading dj's on his run and you're like experiencing it cuz as a runner you've been these thoughts have come through your head you know you've run through these different seasons and it was it was just Something I do every day, I go out and run, but I never like take anything in. It was like, oh, it's, the sun was out, it was hot. But i am never like every second thinking about what you see and what you're feeling and, you know, what what you're able to, what you, Paul, are able to write on words. And, you know, you're being, you're very attuned to what's going on. So I tried this. I've been, I went on a couple runs after reading your book and tried to like take in like two miles of like, okay, let's take everything in and see what I can write. <laughs> it is tough. I'm not good at that. That's why I have a podcast. <laughs> so, how is writing those running scenes for you?
2: Quite often, if I'm in the if I'm in the zone, so to speak, it it flows, and I it doesn't happen all the time. It's like that perfect run where it just everything clicks, and it's like, oh my god, if I could do that every night, I'd win the Olympics. You know, there are certain moments that it just it. it at a half hour, hour, and it just pours out of my head, so to speak. And other times it doesn't happen at all. And I don't know how or when to get to those points, but sometimes I just had these 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 little episodes that even sometimes the next day or down the road, I'll review it. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. And it's almost like, I don't even remember writing it, you know, and that sounds really odd. Like I'm disassociating or something, but there are, there was times that I'm like, that's, that's pretty sweet. And I wrote that. That's okay. You know, that, that kind of a thing. So I, I think it is that zone thing in that, in that run. And maybe it's the same thing in writing where you're just reaching deep somehow.
0: Yeah. I feel like it, it flows to you a lot. To me, it's like, how do you do this? But you know, you've, you've written books before. This is like, I think you said this is your sixth book. So, right. You know, you, have you're a pro at a self-taught writer. Which, it's very impressive. Yeah, thank you.
2: Yeah. I started, my first book was actually another running book that was a little uh, called the gift, a runner story. And it's on Amazon, but um, it's, some of the quotes from there still have existed today. There's a few paragraphs that people have used and I've seen them in foreign websites and things. So it's kind of cool, but it was fairly amateur. So I guess like, again, same thing with running as you practice and do more, you certainly um, get better at it. So um, so I, I know I've progressed. It's just a matter of keep grinding away at it and hopefully you'll get better improve. So same thing with writing, same with running, I suppose. So
1: How long did it take you to finish this book?
2: Probably about a year and a half from the start to finish. Um, and again, there's kind of hit and misses where you're really into it or put it away for a few weeks or just take some notes. So it was kind of a streaky thing. It's a funny story that I, I had a, a different version started but it was on a, on a memory stick and I had about 20,000 words in. I was writing it up north and I lost the memory stick. So I had to start oh. over. That took me a little time. <laughs> so what? that was a little frustrating, a little side story. But I think I restarted maybe a, a little different uh, style of, of story or something like that. But each book that I've written, is roughly a year to year and a half project probably. And, and this particular one, is it's it's indie by meaning you kind of do it yourself. So from all the editing to uh, formatting, uh, and cover my, my son helped me with the cover. So it's all kind of neat that from A to Z, you do it all yourself. So that's the independent streak in me. So, uh, I produced it all without really any help. So that's a so who, side who, story.
0: You edited the book as well, or did you Yeah, I, I did
2: not have any professional editing. It was just me. And that's, uh, what, that's um, crazy, I do like, uh, rewriting. I, I don't know. It's something weird. Some people have told me, God, I hate doing that. I, i I just read it a thousand times and crossed out and xed and and thought you know uh, got rid of that extra words if you will, so it's all kind of self done so
1: <laughs> that cannot be that cannot be easy i mean i I just had uh, one of my employees ask me for a reference letter for college, and it took me two weeks to write it and it was one page and i and it took me about six hours of actual work. Um, and rereading it, I was every paragraph I would read, I, I'd just go into this funk of thinking, like, what a terrible job I did. So you must have very good confidence in yourself when you're editing your own self.
2: Maybe stubbornness? Stub- <laughs> stubbornness. <laughs> so
1: I would say, how does that relate to Mac, the, the character in yeah. the book? Yeah, yeah. Because he's very hard on himself.
2: Yeah. I related to that part because... I was never a superstar runner, like you know, He Mac was a Olympic trial level. Um, I was a good local runner, and I ran out west a while in Arizona, and so was a decent local kid. But even when I had some success, I never. There's always somebody in front of you, or I should have gone faster. And I I look back at that and wished I would have enjoyed that time more instead of always being harder on yourself or overtraining or whatever. So that was sort of a, his his flaw, if you will. The same concept that he never quite gave himself credit for the moment. So that piece of might be a little bit of me, I suppose, or maybe a lot of us as runners—you're always hard on yourself, you know.
1: Do you think that that starts in focusing too much on extrinsic rewards?
2: I, I would probably. You mean that, like winning the race or setting a record or, or things like that? Is yes, that, or uh,
1: yeah. or being the yeah. one that gets interviewed yeah. by the reporter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I suppose. You know, uh, I you know, you have these dreams. You're going to run to a certain level, and you're you fall a little bit short. um, there's another excellent book I'll just mention, a friend of mine, Tim Taze, he wrote a book called uh, Be Distance God, and it's about him in college and beyond trying to become that high-level Bill Rogers and fell short a little bit, and I thought he was writing about me many times. And it was so I've, I've had contact with Tim, and it's it's the same concept where you just feel like you're never quite reaching that level that you want to. And, and again, that was somewhat of Mac's personality.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah. for those... Who can relate to that? I mean, whether it's running or, or anything else in life, like it, um, it, it can take the best of you, which when you're, in Mac's case, older, you know, it, it takes a toll on your body over, over time, you know, in a lot of the scenes and a lot of his thoughts. I mean, he ends up coaching DJ. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler. <laughs> you know, he just has so many thoughts of like hesitation to wanting to do anything. I mean, he he his running career, right, and not wanting to even even coaching high school was like hesitation because because of that holding him back. And I thought that was very interesting, and you did a good job of, of bringing that out. So I I <laughs> at points it was like Mac. I just wanted to grab Mac by the shoulders and be like Mac. <laughs> get it out of you relax (laughs) stop thinking that way but that's where i think you did an excellent job with mona um she wasn't grabbing him by the shoulders and shaking him but uh you know she did she did a good job as as his wife maybe your next book your your, you know addition to you can i can make an appearance and shake Mac into having some (laughs) sense but
2: i can write you into it yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so what what was your favorite part of the book and whether that's writing it and I don't know if these are two different answers like what was yeah. your favorite part of writing the book like favorite section or afterwards What what is your favorite part of the book
2: it's you know obviously when you see the first book in hand that's a pretty neat moment too that you've completed a project that you put a lot of time and hours into so that, that physical piece is, is pretty, pretty cool when you do that certainly a little bit of initial I got some nice feedback that always strokes your ego a little bit um, but oh, as far yeah. as, yeah, you know, it's, it just, it feels good. I can't say that it doesn't, you know, even though it's not all about acclaim, it's something I wanted to do for, to give back to running that has done a lot for me and it helped me uh, in my life, if you will. So I wanted to give something back to the sport that's meant so much to me over the years. And that's why I wanted to eventually get this, this book out, um, uh, uh, just because of that reason, um. I'm I'm dancing a little bit here, but I, they, they, you probably both have read or heard of Once a Runner by John Parker. It's an also it's probably the most famous running novel. It was out in the '70s, and he's always the icon, you mm-hmm. know, as far as the book, uh, the, the high, le, highest level running novel that I think people always go to. That that's the best. And I was hoping at some point to say, oh, Mauer, Mowers is up there too, you know, because he, he's made a difference to me in the '70s. And here I am, forty years later, trying to write. In you know, my best, if you could, so it was, it was sort of a goal of mine to hear him competing again. But and John uh, did a great job again. It's a very famous book. You can find that one out there somewhere too.
0: That's a, I actually read that book. Um, I happened to read that before I like um, before we connected, and I read your book. And so I definitely get what you're saying there. There's some similarities, and that's cool that you have someone you looked up to, and you're able to you know write something like that. But speaking of that book specifically. One thing I always remember is when he was like, he like left college and went over to his like, Cabin House, and he right, ran, right. like, I don't remember how many 400s or whatever it was. It was some
2: ungodly number 40 or something like that. It was disgusting. <laughs> like,
0: I thought I was going to throw up reading it, and I hurt. So, yeah, that was, that was a good yeah. book, so you guys should check that out, but only after you read Paul's book.
2: <laughs> Interesting. I was hoping to get John's feedback, because one of his best friends was the owner of Fleet Feed. His name is Tom Rainer. I've met him over the years, and, and so I sent him a few books, and he was going to get John Parker one. And but Tom's kind of doesn't get back to you real well. But I was wondering if 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 John ever read it, what his thoughts were on it, because a couple of folks have referenced my book to Once a Runner, including Billy Rogers and Roy Perung. They mentioned Once a Runner in their review that it it, it rivals or beats Once a Runner. So uh, I thought that was kind of neat because that was one of my goals is to write the best I could do, uh, you know, in regard to that this type of a niche
0: novel. So, yeah, that's impressive. So I got the book in front of me. I'll show it to you guys so you can see it. So I'm not lying to you. Um, and you have a bunch of blurbs in the front. I don't know. What are those called when someone gives you a, I
2: believe it is blurb. That's what a a buddy of mine called it. Oh, well, look at that. I'm
0: I'm right. You have a bunch of very well-known people in here, but like you said, Roy Pirong's in here. Richard Dodd has a quote in here. Um, there's a lot of cool quotes in here, and, and, I, and I think that shows, you know, that this is so cool that you wrote this book, and not only, like, all these people are throughout the nation, but for, I feel like this is, like, made for a Wisconsin runner. Like, I've yeah. been up north. I didn't grow up north. I grew up, like, an hour north of Fond du Lac, but this was set more up north than Fond du Lac, mm-hmm. and, like, I knew what it was like to be up there during during the winter and the summer, so we win when dj's on his run or you know he's on the side of the highway like i could feel it and and be there as you know as much as i could be in my mind when i was reading it and i thought that was so cool and his different races and where the book ends up leading doom in the final chapter it's all like we've seen that and most of us have been in these places and it was so cool to being able to like tie ourselves there because so many times you know, you you read a book and it's set in somewhere else, or it's an Olympian, and I don't know what it's like to be out on Olympic track feet, uh, right at the Olympic Games, but I can relate to running on a country road up north, okay. so I thought that was I thought that was really cool, and it really, you know, st- yeah. uh, struck a chord for me.
2: Yeah, I've spent a lot of summers up towards uh, the Westfield area. You go up towards, uh, well, north, I don't know if you know where Westfield is. It's off the freeway mm-hmm. uh, towards Watoma and past, but The high school I use is called Weston, so it's really based around the Westfield area. Some of the highways are the actual highways there because it's just, I can, can, again, see that area that I spent so many years in, whether it was running or hiking or just spending family time together. So, again, I have to kind of see the locale in my head to write about it, and that's why I've always chosen kind of Wisconsin uh, landscapes for most of my stories.
0: Did you, I'm forgetting, did you say what tom was what toma brought up in the book.
2: Yes. Okay. That's I think why. his rival was a Watoma runner, is if I have it correctly. So
0: Yeah, uh, because the boy they all got together for like a bonfire, you know, like a high school yeah. bonfire in the fall. Yeah. And it was just even that scene, like I could you know, we've all been there at a high school bonfire, so we can all like relate to that. So I thought it was so many things as a runner. I was like, not only is the storyline cool and the running scenes are awesome, but Everything you did with the book, I thought it was just fantastic. All right, so oh, here's you. a question. Now we talked <laughs> about our favorite part of the book. What didn't make the book that you may want to tell us?
1: Whatever was on that memory stick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, again, that's interesting. You know,
2: I, I started to write um, DJ having a a, a girlfriend. Uh, And it was because he's uh, this isn't really a giveaway. It's right away in the book that he's of mixed uh, racial heritage and he's up north where it's primarily white. So I started to write in a theme of him having a girlfriend and meeting the girl's family. And that did not go real well up in up north Wisconsin. Um, But it was it got too much on a tangent that I couldn't focus it real well maybe too many threads in the air kind of a thing so i i deleted some of that relationship and kept it more on the runners and him and mac and things like that so that was one one big piece and there's maybe some little ones but that's probably one of the bigger ones that i that i decided Mm. against
0: speaking of his buddies his um his friend the shot put the shot yeah, put guy yeah jimbo <laughs> jimbo exists in every high school right can we yeah. all relate to that everyone listening to this there is a jimbo yeah. i know i i have a jimbo in my head when i was reading it i know who jimbo is from when i grew up and that is just so right. funny and it's it's yep it's the it's the shot put guy he's a big dude he's very boisterous and it, he's a yeah. leader it's really Got funny a little more swagger
2: yeah i just
0: so. I'm, re- I'm kind of realizing that that's just like a thing across every high school mm. in america
2: Right. So Oh, I should mention uh this is a little tidbit for you guys. I haven't told a lot of people, but the shoes on the Ooh, cover are actually on, mine from on, high school. Hold on, okay. hold
0: on. Breaking okay. news. The Cream <laughs> City Pacers podcast is breaking news. All right, Paul, go ahead.
2: <laughs> well, I've had you know, the, the cover is a is a older pair of track shoes. And those are actually mine and my brother is from high school that uh I ran in those back in the early seventies. Um And my brother, I have three, uh, my brother's a shout out, Pete, Steve, Chuck, and they all ran in those. And my youngest brother had them and he gave them back to me. It's Paul, I think these are yours about a year ago, two years ago. And I had forgotten they even were around. uh, And they do play a part in the story. Well, I won't tell you that, but um, those are actually mine from high school. And I've had some older runners who were so cool. They loved that cover. And they're actually Adidas Tokyo that I had more than one guy on the internet, uh, Facebook, et cetera, contact me. So those are the awesome shoes. I ran in those back in the day. They loved that picture. So that was, that was kind of a little extra, little, you know, I don't yeah. know, a little extra piece. I thought that was so. cool
0: that they tie in, uh, that it ties into the story too, which is super sweet. Yeah, so.
2: Long time ago, but glory days, <laughs> semi-glory days.
0: <laughs> glory
2: days. Yeah, I don't want to live in the past too much, but uh, it was fun glory time high school and I got, such, Bruce, so. I
0: got Bruce in my head now. Speaking <laughs> of, there's music. A lot,
1: yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pop culture references, even modern pop culture references, and that's that was my biggest. Um, I was very impressed by the fact that you could mention things from the '60s and you could mention things from hip hop, and you talk a lot about music, and you made a lot of um, links between jazz and hip hop, and how they relate to running. What, what run were you on? Or because in in, in other contexts, I'd ask you what uh, you know, what was in your system? What what were you what were you smoking in the sixties that you came up with these links wow. between jazz and music? No, I'm just kidding, but um, yeah. that was. Yeah what is your background with uh, music
2: um besides love of it and playing an awful trombone in grade school i i, I don't have much talent i i thrash a guitar a little bit and uh, we have a barn with a speaker and a, a a few power chords, but i'm not very skilled but i do love the 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 lyrics of music and i, I read quite a, a moderate amount but listening to lyrics i love songwriters and things that makes that, that when they're writing some poetry so to speak with music it it's really really hits me and so even when I was running, as I said, I'll jot down... It might be a, a th- a three or four words that, that struck me, and I'll jot them down. At uh, the beginning of the story, there is a, a reference about a bloodshot moon, and I heard that in the Tom Waits song that he was singing about. And I was like, that's cool, you know? So uh, I just got my Spotify report today. I listened 70,000... Know, 70,000 hours? No, some crazy number of how many minutes I listened to last year. It was, it was 70,000, I believe. So it's kind of neat, because I, like, yeah, I put a lot of music on when I'm doing work and such. So I I'm, guess it I'm, means a lot to me just listening to it. So
0: I'm trying to pull up my Spotify 2020 wrapped, speaking Yes, of that, it came out today, yeah. That, that yeah. was that loud burst of music, if any of you guys all just heard, coming through the uh, speakers. Okay. But I'm, so. uh, I was just trying to see how much music...
2: I should know, but I looked at it earlier, but it was a, a pretty good amount. But.
0: Okay, so I spent 6,625 minutes. Oh, that's listening yeah, to podcasts. I 70,
2: 000, yeah, that was 70,000, yeah, on yeah, music. So. And oh, usually when I'm working in the background, it's on my Bluetooth speakers. So it just, uh, it just again, also works for me just to listen to things. So
0: I'm okay. not a
2: jazz aficionado, exactly. I have a brother that is, but... I wrote Mac because I think that's something he would have appreciated. That would have been his era, and it might have touched his soul, like maybe certain things do to any of us in our eras that were, uh, you know, our sweet spot at uh, time when you're growing up. So, I always side, I like uh, those
0: scenes after dinner, um, when DJ would have dinner with him and Mona, and then they would listen to music and kind of just like hang out. It was uh, it, it, it it's just like two different eras of people and things they wouldn't do.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It was a nice, uh, that's when they related. That's when they, I, I always feel like their souls touched at one point, you know, that they became uh, a family, if you will. And that was certainly an important time for them that they could bond. So,
1: so Paul, you are versed in many different things. The, everything, every time you keep talking is you know more and more so now you're telling me you didn't know about you're not that big of a jazz aficionado now I'm like how did you know to write all the things that you did write uh, so specifically about all the you know Charlie Parker and and all these big names but well, you, you're just versed in all these things sorry I'm taking this no. question somewhere else go, go ahead
2: no I know what I'm going to say to that because me and my brother Doug shared a room he has a master's in, je- in music from Northwestern he had his reel-to-reel playing jazz, and I'd want the who on. So we had some battles about <laughs> what we were going to play, who won the battle. You know, he'd, and I would get mad at John Coltrane when I wanted to put some stones on or Iggy Pop or somebody, <laughs> And so we had, we had battles there. So I was forced to listen to jazz, even though I didn't always understand it, and that may be where DJ kind of is coming from a little bit too you know Ooh, so i see yeah. okay
0: i, I <laughs> so. like that also you can make a lot of money these days if you mix rap music or uh, yes. like rock yeah, and yeah. jazz together a little sampling like there sure sampling yeah. techno yeah yeah, yeah.
1: So. so my question was more on the along the lines of you do you have so many interests and alex mentioned you you do all these other things outside of running and writing and working you also have a full-time job that is not related to any of the things that we've discussed that we've discussed. How do you balance it all because Alex and I were in a similar train of a lot smaller scale like we try to do this podcast and we also work and Alex has a family and we try to run but we often fail to balance at all and multitask you seem just extremely focused are there any tips or tricks that you can give us young folk um, us DJs of the world
2: uh, <laughs> I'm not good at sitting still. I don't know if that's a skill. (laughs) I always feel like I like to be doing things. And, and my, I married my wife, Sue, for, uh, many years now. I should know, I suppose, uh, 30 some 32. And, uh, she's very supportive too. I do stay, uh, you know, up at night writing. I'm I'm a little inconsistent. I have no specific time frame. It just sort of when the mood hits. Um, so somehow I just, I don't know, I find a way to get it done. I, 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 my sweet spot is 9-11 at night when I'm kind of still able to, to sit and write and things like that, if that's what I'm doing at the time. So I, I, I'm not ultra disciplined. I'll write I'll write at lunch sometimes. I'll jot notes down, as I said. You know, I, I can proof whenever. Uh, sometimes a notebook, I'll scribble things down, just, you know, real fast things. I've learned as a writer not to be too critical of what you're putting on paper. Just get it down. You can always edit later. Um, so I, I've stopped thinking too hard. If I have thoughts, it might be awful. But there may be some little nugget in there that I can use. So I've, I've become less self-critical of of that. Early on, I think I was you get paralyzed by writing the right exact word down. As I keep doing it, I I just do it, and whether it's good or bad, I'll figure that out later. So, so discipline. I, I I'm I'm active. I don't know if I'm exactly. I don't punch in at five and start writing in the morning. I just kind of squeeze it in around life. I don't know, you know that makes sense
0: that so. that does I actually just listened to this podcast the other day and I'm blanking on on who it was so I, I should know this but they were talking about writing and, and writer's block and is writer's block a thing and it sounds like you've overcome writer's block by just jotting stuff down and let it be flushed out later and it was interesting what they said with this professional Seth like Godin blanking on. is this Seth Godin okay mm-hmm. oh was this on Tim Ferriss
1: yeah, we listened to it at the same time, I think. Oh, okay. Like same Thanks, period. Absolutely.
0: I was like, well, like I just said, I listened to 6,000 minutes of podcasts. So they're all blurring together. But um, what he said is that writer's block is just people, you're nervous that people are basically going to judge your work and that you don't write. And I was like, that's an interesting way to put it. I think that can be outside of writer's block, that could be wanting to start a project or wanting to take the next step in life or whatever it may be, right? And I was going to ask you about writer's block, it, and mm-hmm. it seems like you just kind of go with it, even if it's just notes or bullets and, and take it from there. What, do you experience writer's block or kind of how do you get through your writing process like that?
2: What I will do is, again, so sometimes a mood for creativity is just there, whether I'm alert enough and in the mood and, and things just flow. When things aren't, that's when I'll, I'll quite often start proofing uh, past mm. things that I've written there are times I have to do a little research. As you guys mentioned, I did incorporate uh, 68 Olympic trials in, and that took a little research because I had seen an old clip that actually does exist on YouTube. I was scrolling through old races, and there's this grainy little clip that really does exist if you choose to look into a 1968 Olympic trials, 1,500 meters with Jim Ryan. It's, it's fuzzy. It's black and white. And I thought, that is really cool. This is a blast from the past. So that really does exist. And so, again, the research or rewriting or... Uh, who was in the race and what time? You know things like that. So uh, you can ver- do a variety of things if you don't have that creative moment where you're doing so- creating something new. There's other things to do when you're doing a book. So
0: I, I think that's that's really that's a good answer in my mind. I think that's it's relevant to even myself where it's like don't let it don't let a situation get in the way figure out a different way to a, to attack it so for you it's proofing like you've already written it proofing is just right it's it's a technical thing it's looking through it it's making sure grammar and whatnot right so it gets you yep. then into the mode of creativity and yep. what i'm tying this back to is running where we, you go, oh, I don't want to run today because it's, you know, it's rainy outside. But what does someone tell you that who's, who's an expert runner? Just go run a mile, get out the door, out put the door. your get shoes on, the just door, put yeah. your shoes on, right? Or like, I don't yeah. like to run in the morning, go to bed in your workout clothes, right? Put your yeah. shoes by your bed. And it's little things like that, that help you trick you. Right yeah. into going to do it. Because if I'm gonna go out for a mile, it's like, well now I'm in it, so I might as well be out here for an sometimes hour. Sometimes
2: you have your best runs then too when it just all of a sudden works and you but you know, at least I've had that experience where I didn't want to do it and boom, then it goes, you know. So
0: Yeah, and it's so it seems like that you've kind of found your tricks for writing to get to get through that. And I guess have you have you ever been like I don't have any creativity at this exact moment, I'm gonna go for a run to you have you used running to energize you? Um I would
2: I I don't know specifically that I, I, I was blocked and I went for a run, but quite often after a run, your brain's working and that's when it may spill out of me. You know, a wave is unintentional. it just a, re, uh, a result of the run as opposed to that wasn't my intention. It just, all of a sudden I'm upbeat again and endorphins are flowing and I'm thinking thoughts, you know. So I think it did, it does get the brain flowing, uh, uh,
0: if that makes S- sense. So, so many thoughts. It's so yeah. funny how just like if you're feeling stagnant and not motivated or whatever it may be and you go for a run it's like the juices just get flowing it's like you just plugged yourself into an outlet and got charged up exactly and, uh, Yeah, that's super fun i kind of want to go har- for it go for a yeah. run now
2: it's hard to explain to non-runners how exercise running which is supposed to tire you can make you more energetic but does for me it does for most of us, probably <laughs> you're more productive and it doesn't sound counterintuitive but it but it is you know at least and, in my opinion
0: and that 's the best so. part about this podcast it 's just for runners uh, we we love everybody, but we 're all runners here, so we all we all understand that and can relate to it yeah and i by
2: the way, i 'm not shielding you. you guys did a great job i've been listening to more catching up on a few, and I really enjoyed the Mcbride one was excellent, the one you guys just did that, it was just some neat stuff, and some of my old friends that you have done too, like that, et cetera. It's, it's pretty neat stuff. You guys are doing a great job. So.
0: Oh, we like compliments. That was great. <laughs> okay. For all of you, if you, if you, if you agree with Paul, head over to our, uh, what is it? iTunes page and give us a five-star review while you're at it and a nice comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> take a look. No, oh, so. Paul, this was, this was a great conversation and it, everyone, you guys need to go listen to it. If you've already read it, then you've probably realized, which I'm learning is how you've taken so many things from your own life, whether that's you or you finding a YouTube video while you're researching and tying it into the video or your shoes, just like how many little things come together, you know, to make the book. And when you're reading something, you you sometimes overlook it. So I almost, I want to go back and reread this knowing what I know now and just kind of take it all in for a second, uh, second or third time. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, Paul, before we get out of here, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions. Are oh, you goodness. ready?
2: Okay, sure.
0: Okay. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee?
2: Given that I grew up in Greendale, I probably put thousands of miles at Whitnow Park. Uh, Is different loops there you know that we used to do from high school and beyond because I, I, I lived there for many years so I'll still drive there and just do some of the we have different names for different things short through Whitnall long through Whitnell. In high school you name the routes. so mm-hmm. but around here I live near the sod farms now and it's quiet as can be there's a trail on the side I can do three or four miles without I don't see a, a peep of a person or a thing just it's me and the sky and the birds and music whatever but so i like now i had the sod farm loop that i call but it's out by wind lake in norway so that's also pretty sweet out here
0: nice okay if you could bring one person to milwaukee to run with you who would it be
2: how about rod dixon he's a old new zealand runner run the new york marathon in 82 I'm a Facebook friend of his too, and him and a couple of his other Kiwis, John Walker and Dick Quox, Those three guys, I I grew up looking at their pictures on my wall. They're awesome runners, and, so, and and Rod Dixon is doing fantastic things with kids running out in Los Angeles. So uh, he he's a he, I think he's a special guy and a special talent. He uh, uh, I think he got Olympic medal. Uh, bronze or silver and one of the races he was a multi-Olympian so he would be a, he'd be a pretty cool guy would drinks you, a lot of beer too from what I hear so it's kind of sounds well, good it
0: would fit here so would you take him on the Whitnall park route or the sod farm uh, loop
2: uh probably Whitnall yeah then we could stop at the beer garden after he'd probably like that say, if you do the sod farm
0: loop you would just turn on some uh, some music in the barn and just rock there out you there go. with some, with some uh, cold uh, that ones that would work too yeah that would work so <laughs>
1: Um, going back to music, what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song?
2: I don't know if I have a go-to song. I, I would go towards a couple of artists that come to mind when you said that. And Again, I'm older. I don't know if you guys even know. There, there's one old and one new, but Patti Smith is an old punk poet singer from mm-hmm. the 70s. And Courtney Barnett is a new one, and I really love her music, too. So sometimes I'll put on their playlist or something you know, on Spotify, and, and the, so maybe it's just their style that I like more than any one song.
1: Beautiful. And we do this thing here where every week we change the, uh, the theme song that we have written okay. uh, just ever so slightly to resemble the, uh, the song that the, our guest answers. Oh, So okay. if there's any particular songs and we can come back to it if you'd like uh, but or, we'll, any uh,
0: or we'll pick out our favorite Patti Smith or Courtney Barnett song there you go that sounds, sounds like fun. okay
1: Patti Smith is probably gonna be the, the, the go-to now next question I know Alex calls it the rapid fire but I as you can you already this deduced I, I like to ask very long questions but there's you're long winded we all I'm know very long-winded i should be a guest <laughs> next time but the, you gotta be there's interesting this great, there's oh. This, oh, okay just
0: kidding but, okay back to the questions that's
2: all
1: right there's this great um, video and it's an excerpt from one radio show with ira glass where he talks about the creative process and he basically talks about how uh, people that go into creative things go into creative things because they have great taste and that it takes a certain time to for your things to look great in your eyes and your ears whether it's music or art or whatever that you do and you gotta go past that gap i think that you definitely are i'm sure in your eyes you're past that gap your 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 book is beautiful but Uh, i want to know and this (laughs) is the rapid fire part where did that inspiration come from what are your favorite authors we ask what a favorite book of yours is that you would recommend but where did you get that great taste of yours
2: (laughs) yikes i don't know if i that's a big mouthful here um I read a lot of different authors. I don't know that I stick to any one, and lately I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, gosh, I'll call them a kind of real-life adventure. Uh, the last thing I read that I really enjoyed was, uh, gosh, I remember the title, the, the Last Remaining Hermit. And it sounds funny, but it was a bestseller years ago, and it's about a gentleman who spent left society and spent 27 years in Maine basically living as a hermit. He spoke to one person and said one word in 27 years and existed by sort of... Uh, scrounging and stealing little things from cabins, but it was about this guy's life. And I, so I like sort of the adventure and maybe a little bit of a a hermit, guys that live in their own heads somehow. Maybe I do too much of that sometimes, but uh, I really enjoy that story. Um, and I also read recently The Lost City of Z. It was a movie, but it was also an adventure about the Amazon and going in back in time. Yeah, as much the movie was didn't do the book justice at all. I watched that after I read the book, but those are they're kind of adventure movies, and I don't know. I I, I like that, and I like reading about artists, uh, creative, whether they're musicians or uh, uh, things of that nature. Sometimes the creative process and the things they've gone through, uh, whether it's uh, you know rock stars to folk heroes, uh, Blaze Foley, guys like that. I just like different things that uh, I, I maybe get into people's heads and their struggles and maybe successes at the end.
0: Oh, those are some good books. Lost City of Z sounds like a good one. I'm adding it to my list of reads. So, okay, here we go. One piece of advice you want to give to new runners.
2: New runners are, in I, I think new runners are, are, are sometimes embarrassing. As a chiropractor, I'm trying to get people even to take a simple walk. Uh, it can be minutes. They're always, again, they're very critical on themselves that I'm going to look funny or I'm slow or uh, I don't know if people are going to laugh at me or something because I'm heavy or whatever. And I, I'd say it doesn't matter. It's the, it's the doing that's important. Um, and, and so I try to get that across to patients and even new runners, I think. you, you Put those blinders on it and just do it, and you'll be happy that you did. And as you get better at it, certainly you're going to get benefit physical and mental and self-esteem and all the positive things. And don't worry about first place, last place. That's not important. Uh, it, it's really... Uh, the doing and uh, I, in the book, I had a couple of people mention me. They liked this little phrase, and it was uh, enjoy the brilliance. And by that, I meant enjoy the moment, enjoy your success. That don't be too critical of that you didn't win. That you took fifth or tenth or five hundredths. Just enjoy the enjoy the brilliance of what you've done, and 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 take the pleasure out of it that you can, and be
0: proud of yourself. That is great. And I think a lot of people do experience that. I know I did when I first started, like I was running with a running group and it's like, they're running six miles. I'm like, if I can run mm-hmm. two, but it doesn't matter because everyone's at a different place in their life. So get out there and run, whether it's running for the first time or you want to go from a marathon or you want to be an ultra runner, just go do it. Show up, put in exactly. the work and you can do it. Okay. Paul, where can people find more about you and your book?
2: Um, primarily, like everything else in the world, it is on Amazon, of course, and fair number of reviews. You can take a look if you choose to. You can see some of those. Um, it is through Lulu Publishing, L-U-L-U. That's a, a smaller publisher. I think Amazon's kind of the go-to for many people. I'll also tell you, you know, I, I know Facebook is probably an old person thing in a sense, but I'm available there. And if, if people friend me or message me, it's Christmas season. I'd be happy to, uh, you know, send out a, a copy or autograph copy. You can get a hold of me that way. Uh, I might look at the Facebook page or whatever. Uh, I'd be, be that's a, the, another way also. But again, Amazon's probably the the main main source.
0: Perfect. So you guys can head over to Amazon or Lulu Publisher and uh, add Paul on Facebook, and he'll send you a signed copy if you're lucky enough. <laughs> All right. Before be glad we get to. out of here, I just want to read one quote. There's like a million quotes we could read. But this was um, when DJ was running and he uh, he heard in his head, which was Mac talking to him or him thinking Mac was talking to him. And this is a good takeaway. So this is what he said. Don't, this is what he's thinking Mac is saying. I should have you do this. Uh, Don't unnecessarily burn mental feel. Turn off the mind until it is needed. Control it. And even in the worst of times, the body will follow. I think that is great advice. Whether you're racing, you're doing something for the first time, or, you know, something mentally challenging like writing a book for a year and a half, don't burn the unnecessary fuel and use it at the end. Paul, thank you so much. This was a great interview.
2: You guys are awesome, I Thank you both.
0: It's been fun. Abastole, that was an incredible conversation. It's so... you. you, you I read books, you read books, right? We're big book guys here on this podcast. And, you know, you read a book and you put it down, but being able to actually, you know, talk to the author and hear how storylines got created and characters were brought to life and little things like, oh, yeah, those shoes on the front, those are the shoes that you actually read about in the book. It was like, it's super cool. And I really want to go back and read this book again, like I said, on the show and actually um, pay attention to the really small, small things.
1: And as soon as we hit stop on the recording, I realized how many questions, how many more questions I had about the book, the ending, there's so many things that you get a chance to, to talk to the author himself, um, what a, what a privilege and... I sincerely believe. I mean, as you said, we read a lot. This is a special book, not because it's set in Milwaukee, not because it's about running. This is a book that anybody can get behind uh, and read. I think it's gonna go very, very far. It's gonna, it's gonna be a bestseller.
0: I agree. And he's read other books. He's written other books too. This is his sixth book. So if you like what you read, he's got other books to go read. Ooh, that kind of rhymed. Look at me. Oh, wow. I'm on a roll. All right, let's do some listener shout-outs. I want to start here with... Happy Souls MKE. So, what is Happy Souls MKE? I have Happy Souls and I'm an MKE. Well, that's great. So, Jess over at Performance Running Outfitters uh, put together um, HappySoulsMKE.com and what this is, is you donate your used shoes to Pro and what they do is they find a home for someone in Milwaukee, someone who could use them, who wants them. Um, so, whether you ran 10 miles in these shoes and you're looking to give them away, or you've run 400 miles in your shoes and you're looking to give them away. Uh, Happy Souls MKE will take all of them. So head over to happysoulsmke.com or drop into any performance running outfitters location and donate your U shoes today. Also, our friends over at Fear MKE are doing a holiday gift drive this year. They are collecting they are collecting gifts for ages 0 to 17, and you can also give monetary donations, which will go to the Next Door Foundation and the United Community Center right here in Milwaukee. So head over to socialxmke.com to learn more about their two drop-off locations or how you can donate directly. This is a great cause. Um, I was talking to Renée, the other week over at fear and they do this every year so this is exciting so if you can give back this holiday season and you're looking to give back i think this is a great opportunity um now apostoli's favorite part of the show where we get to plug ourselves don't forget to sign up for our newsletter head over to creamcitypacers.com forward slash newsletter and sign up to get hot content delivered directly to your inbox we have a strong community we're gonna really build up this email list I'm, i've been excited about this yes
1: also you should go and subscribe and follow the playlist on spotify that we have created called the cream city pacers pre-race pump-up songs playlist that contains all the answers to the question and the rapid fire round what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song it's a great way to start your day we love it and you will love it too very eclectic mix
0: i always start my day, day in the shower listening to katy perry roar so that's one of my favorite songs from that playlist
1: people should also go and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to it rate it five stars and leave a comment on all our social posts let us know what you think. Share us. Tell your friends.
0: Tell your friends, this is where I come in. Uh, you guys, we appreciate you listening to the show. And without you, we wouldn't be here. So if you could tell one person that you think would like the show, please tell them. Have them listen to an episode you think they'll they'll like. And let's get them, let's get them going, because we want to build the cream city pacer nation. And if they like it so much, tell them to sign up for our newsletter because that's another great way you can get content from us. So until next Friday, keep on running.